1: The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
2: Two car links to deficit. White flag is in the air.
3: One lap to go in the NASCAR Cup Series Championship race. It is not over yet. It's down to three, maybe four car links. But Larson has got command of this race. Here he comes. Off turn two. The final time for young money.
4: And one final shot for Martin Truex Jr. to try to get to the back bumper. Here they come for the final time as
5: Larson leads to three. And here he comes now, absent a year ago. He's back now and now he is a Cup Series champion in 2021. Kyle Larson across the line. He will win in Phoenix and Kyle Larson is your 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion.
1: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Wheelin Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry. Trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity x 5 internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the motor racing network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, Here is your host, Mike Bagley.
4: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew here with you to give you the best of NASCAR Live 2021 edition. Coming up on the show, we'll look back at some of the highlights from the show from this past year. First up, let's look back on the NASCAR Cup Series championship season with Kyle Larson. Our Kim Coon caught up with Kyle following his championship race victory in Phoenix.
6: Kyle, it's been almost a month since you won the NASCAR Cup Series title. Has life changed for you at all? Or have there been any surprises over the last handful of weeks?
7: Um, I wouldn't say life has changed at all. Um, I always felt like, yeah, I mean, like when you win the championship the next morning, you wake up, you're going to feel like this totally different person. But going home to two crazy kids and having to take them to school and all that really keeps things in perspective. So. Um, I would say you know the the parade that my hometown had for me was pretty surprising and to see the turnout was really cool so that's been one of the more special moments I would say since Phoenix but um, it's all been enjoyable even all the interviews and pictures and everything I've really tried to enjoy it to the best that I can because you know I, I may never get to experience it again so um it's just been really cool and, and now I'm, I'm i'm happy to be here in nashville and get to celebrate with my team later on this week
6: i'm glad you mentioned the parade in your hometown because El grove threw a championship celebration for you uh you mentioned the parade but november 22nd was declared kyle larson day so what was it like going home to california as the champion and just seeing all the people that showed up to celebrate you
7: yeah, it was surprising. You know, I'm i had I'm sure none of us had any idea how many people were going to show up. Um, but you know, we drove for about a mile or so, and, and it was packed full of people. And then even going to the little uh, area where they presented the proclamations and stuff, um, everybody kind of piled in over there. And they said there was probably about 1,500 or 2,000 people there. So uh, it was really neat to see a lot of familiar faces. Um, you know, dirt fans, NASCAR fans, a lot of my family that I haven't seen in a long time came out for it. So uh, it made me feel really good. I um, had my kids there and, and I think they kind of understood how big of a deal it was too. So uh, it was really neat and just, yeah, thanks to the town of El Grove, um, Sonoma Raceway and, and anybody else who, who had helped out.
6: You kind of touched on it saying, you know, you still have to get up in the morning and take the kids to school and do the day-to-day stuff, but how do you keep stuff like that what are other ways you keep that kind of thing from going to your head like how do you stay grounded
7: well I think I think for me well the kids are probably the biggest thing (laughs) Uh, but then you know I I went and raced uh you know we took a weekend off and then flew California and went and raced for a couple weeks out there in the midget um kind of struggled too so um, that, that really helps humble you also. And, and really once I was there racing the midget, like I totally forgot about you know, winning the championship until afterwards, and then you gotta pack your bags and stuff to get ready to go to Nashville. So um, I don't know, I, I mean, I think as busy as I stay, as I stay, it, it really helps kind of keep you uh, grounded
6: everyone knows your comeback story by now, but for you, what's the single most important thing that you've learned over the last year and a half from being sidelined to being welcomed back into the sport to winning the title?
7: Oh, I think, you know, everybody is deserving of a second chance is, is, you know, a big thing, but then when you get that second chance, you need to, you know, learn from your mistakes before and, and, you know, grow up, uh, become you know a better person, kind of have a different perspective on what people go through and what they've been through, and and I think you know put myself out there in the community and, and doing things to help really helped me uh, understand um, what other people you know have gone through. So, yeah, thankful for my second opportunity. Um, like I said, I believe everybody deserves a second chance, and and I'm glad I was able to get mine and and take advantage of it this year.
6: You absolutely took advantage of it and all that you went through over the last year and a half. And then you've mentioned family a lot. Do you feel like this championship happened at the perfect time in your career for you to really appreciate its significance and its meaning versus, you know, if you had won it a few years ago?
7: I definitely think for sure. I think winning it, had I won it two years ago, I don't think it would mean, have. I mean, it obviously would have meant a lot to me but i don't i think with everything that i went through and um put myself through and, and not knowing if i'd ever make it back to nascar and in all my experiences i had the last you know, year and a half i think really make the championship now um feel way bigger than it, than it probably would have and i have a much more appreciation for the support that i've been given uh from my family and, and just other people whoever it may be um, you know, along with along with me during the journey. So, yeah, I think for sure this, this championship is bigger than any other year if I would have won before.
6: And you got to do it with your family. When you won the title, I loved it because there were some really, really great family photos after the race, particularly the one with your daughter, Audrey, sitting inside the uh, Bill France Cup. So what do Audrey and your son, Owen, think about you winning the title and, and really everything that's happened over the last month?
7: yeah they're great um we took a bunch of pictures this morning too and audrey that's that's her spot is sitting inside the cup so (laughs) that's where she was taking the photo from but uh no they're cute um audrey she's i think owen understands like it's a big deal uh winning the championship and i think audrey does too because she now she calls me championship she's oh daddy you a great championship (laughs) uh, it's it's pretty funny to uh, hear her talk, and um, so yes. Now I call myself championship, not, not champion, thanks to thanks to her.
6: I love it. Are they excited to get dressed up for the banquet?
7: Yeah, I think so. I think Audrey. I mean, she's a girl, so she likes to dress up. Um, Owen. He he actually surprised me too. He's usually really impatient with everything, but. He know, trying on clothes and getting his pants hemmed and everything like that. Like he was very patient and I think he likes, he likes dressing up and looking good and, and slicking his hair up. And uh, so I'm excited to get them all dressed up for the banquet tomorrow and get to take a, a nice family photo with all of us dressed
6: up. Yeah, we can't wait to see that. Uh, Caitlin definitely always brings it in the fashion department. Uh, but is there anything you're nervous at all about in terms of celebrating your championship? I know a lot of times uh, drivers say, "Oh gosh, I'm, I'm dreading the speech. What, what are you looking forward to, and maybe not so much looking forward to uh, over the next couple of days?"
0: Uh,
7: probably, I mean, definitely the speech for sure. Um, but I feel like as I've gotten older and just have less cares, um, I'm less stressed out uh, for the speech and getting up in front of people, especially too, because I mean you have a teleprompter, so you kind of just look at that the whole time I, I would imagine and, and not have to look at all these eyes staring at you but um and two I, I think you know me being the champion it kind of gives me like a much more proud to be up there and be able to thank all these people who have helped me get to this stage in this point in my life so um yes I mean I'm, I'm actually not that nervous for the speech yet I think is tomorrow approaches and we have the rehearsals and then getting dressed up and counting down the time of when I'm going to have to get up there, I'm going to be sweating and extremely nervous. So, uh, but you know, once it's done, it's, it's all about having fun and going out and and celebrating with the team.
4: Coming up, we'll hear more from the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion and later a backtracks from the Daytona 500.
1: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
4: Welcome back to the best of NASCAR Live for 2021. We continue revisiting Kyle Larson's 2021 NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Here's more of Kim Kuhn's conversation with Kyle.
6: Many people have called you the best driver in all of racing. Tony Stewart, it's been well-documented, said you're the best race car driver he's ever seen. Are you quick to brush off accolades like that? Um, you seem to be, but I guess at, what I want to know is at what point do you accept that or at least put yourself in the same category as the greats? You know, is it after a certain number of championships? Is it a certain age? Is it winning something you haven't raced before?
7: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely appreciative every time I hear it. It makes me feel really good. Um, I try not to let it get to my head at all. Um, and two, I think at the same time, like I'm, too young to you know really put myself in that category with those drivers uh you know Mario andretti aj foy tony stewart guys like that who who are i'm trying to you know get to their point someday but i feel like you, know, you can't just have one or two years of having a good season and like i've had and a lot of different types of cars like you have to sustain it for a long time and, and i don't know like what milestone or accolades like you have to accomplish at a certain point to be like okay yeah i've made it now and, and yes i can say you know be proud of you know being in the same group as them but i think i think really too it whenever you're done racing and when you can look back on what you accomplished that's when it that's when you can you know really appreciate it but until then um just try to stay focused on on winning and and winning in a lot of different types of cars
6: you and your crew chief, Cliff Daniels, found quick success together. Ten wins, a championship, and your first year as a pair. Is there any fear that you guys have set the standard too high, too fast for yourselves?
7: Um, I don't think so. I, I think I think it's almost... I mean, I, I wish we were continuing to race the same car, um, the Gen 6 car, you know, going in next year because we you know, won a bunch of races in the championship this year, but I think... With us going to the next-gen car, that kind of erases all the, in my mind anyways. I don't know. I'm sure media members and other people don't feel the same way, but um, I, don't, I don't think you can have any expectations like, oh, we won 10 races last year. We can go do it again this year. You know, we could easily go out there and not win a single race this year. And it might take us a long time to get these cars figured out and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I have... a ton of belief in Hendrick Motorsports and I know we'll, we'll be competitive but uh, yeah <laughs> a, a, year, a year like we had this year is it hasn't happened you know too much in recent years so um, I don't uh, I don't expect to have years like this uh, too many more times in my future but I'd hope so.
6: Speaking of Hendrick everybody has said you know Hendrick is back. I know it was your first year with them, but when you walk onto the Hendrick Motors campus, is there kind of a different feel than what you've you know, seen or heard about it over the, maybe the last couple of years before 2021, where they maybe struggled a little bit?
7: Yeah, I'm not sure. Cause I didn't get, like you said, I didn't get to experience what it was like before. Um, I can only, Kind of take from what people have said to me. Um, So, like a lot, you know, almost every week in our competition meetings, you know, Marshall Carlson or Chad Canals, Jeff Gordon, you know, they'll get on and talk and just talk about like how this is the best they've ever seen the race team and the best they've ever seen people communicating and getting along and, you know, with one common goal. And um, so, yeah, I think that's really neat and and it kind of, it was like man like how could this be like how is this the best ever like i remember with jimmy johnson and jeff gordon and uh dale jr casey kane like those to me were the golden years of hendrick motorsports and to hear them talk about four young drivers um and and you know young relatively young crew chiefs you know cliff and rudy uh are, are new when it comes to crew chiefing um when, when i hear people talk about this is the best they've ever seen in the motorsports it's, it's like honestly unbelievable um, when you think about everything that Jeff and Jimmy had accomplished.
6: Holidays right around the corner. Any big plans for you and the family?
7: Uh, For the holidays, um, so actually next week, we are going to go to Dubai, uh, go to the F1 race in Abu Dhabi. Um, We're going to spend a week in Dubai, so I'm really excited about that. Come home and it's Owen's birthday on the 22nd. We'll get to have Christmas at home, uh, which I know Caitlin is very excited about because we're normally normally in New Zealand for Christmas. Um, and then New Year's, we're trying to figure out what we're gonna do. I, I think we're probably just gonna end up staying at home uh, because we just travel all the time and just try to relax. But yeah, excited about that. And then that kind of rolls into Chili Bowl. And then, I mean, really the Chili Bowl starts my, my race season. I'll race a bunch of late model races, and then the cup series starts back up. So quick off season.
6: <laughs> what was your favorite holiday tradition as a kid? And have you started any or continued any with your family now?
7: So Caitlin gets mad because yes, she she likes like the holiday traditions at home with the family and cooking and all this where my family was opposite. You know, Thanksgiving was always spent at Turkey night. And when I was a kid, it was at, uh, Irwindale Speedway. So we would have everything Thanksgiving at Irwindale. Um, and then, and then as I got older racing, you know, New Zealand kind of turned into my Christmas and New Year's holiday tradition. And, and I love it there. I mean, it's to go there and be in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> and that's like what I want my kids to have as their tradition. But like Caitlin wants, you know, the Christmas mornings and wearing pajamas and unboxing presents under a Christmas tree. And having her coffee and all that. So um, she's got to have it at home now a couple of years. So once ever, whenever this COVID stuff lifts up, we're going back to New Zealand for sure.
6: <laughs> well, Kyle, really appreciate the time. Um, have so much fun in Nashville. You're so deserving of this championship and can't wait to see um, what you're able to do next season.
4: Coming up, we look back on this year's Daytona 500 and later our conversation with Michael McDowell, the winner of the Great American Race
1: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
4: Welcome back to the best of NASCAR Live. The season started, as it always does, with the great American race, the Daytona 500. Here's a NASCAR Live backtracks from February 16th.
5: This is our Super Bowl for all these drivers.
2: They are all jacked up. They're ready to go. Tyler Reddick, Corning, California. Now that I kind of tripped myself out a little bit, I can get in the car a lot easier since I'm not having to bend
3: my, my beer gut in half on top of itself and get in the car a
5: lot quicker, you know? Surprised with all the oysters and crab legs we had last night. Oh, I sent them back to the ocean already. 40 cars come down to the line. They call it the great American race. And the green flag is in the air and we're running the 63rd annual Daytona 500. Whoa, trouble back straight away.
4: Now Eric Amarola gets
5: turned. Yeah, we're crashed here. And so is everybody else. Uh, I have no vitals. Yeah, I'm okay. Wow. Unbelievable. And I have no idea why we're pushing and shoving that hard this early into a 500-mile race. Uh. Eric Almirola, uh running second. Behind him, Christopher Bell on the bottom of the racetrack. Looks like Christopher got into the back of Eric. You all good there? Yeah, I'm good. Man, what a mess there. See, that's a hell of a job. That's, that's a really good car for pushing there. Just take care of your stuff here get behind the four, wherever he goes through, back stretch in the corner. You stay right in track with him. There's cars everywhere over there. Now we are getting word from NASCAR that we need to bring this race to a stop on pit road. We have lightning in the area. Got a lightning strike. Gonna bring you down pit road. Pit road's closed, but they'll bring you
8: down. Make sure we get everything turned off. Guys, we got a lot of rain coming, just prepare
5: for that. Yeah, and the driver's been waiting, probably sitting in her motorhomes a lot of, just kind of hanging out, getting ready for this particular moment. All right, Bubba,
8: Freddy, cool.
5: game face is back on here, got work to do right away. Let's get to it. I'll walk you through your reference again here. Stay out, five away, three, two, and one. You had
3: me all confused there. For trying to wake you up, bro. Yeah, needed it,
2: I guess. I was about to come in ah, Damaged car of William Byron has the rear bumper cover flapping in the breeze. He's going to be getting a black flag this time by.
5: They said when they posted doesn't need to put the tail on. The tail's still on it. But they said to post it. What do you want to do, reading. We got to put the left side tail on. So yeah, we can just come on down.
2: Quinn Howe gets spun around. He looked like he made contact with the outside safer barrier. Caution flies on the speedway for the third time tonight. You all right, buddy?
5: Tire blue going into turn one. I don't know. It's off the damp boxes out here. The tire blue because I ran over something when he threw it off hit my windshield.
4: Now Ryan Priest will jump up there because Hamlin and Kyle Busch took the low line out of two. Everybody shifts to the outside. Kyle can't get in line. Now we'll get some help from Stenhouse. Stenhouse will pass it three wide on the bottom. Kyle Busch falls out of the top
5: ten at the front of the field. That was just
4: fantastic. Only
8: mother to get shuffled out. What the Why do we suck so bad at play races? How's your there? Who the cares?
2: Denny Hamlin will win stage number one.
5: Definitely feel super draggy up front. Feel slow. Yeah, good job there. The air is really, really dense, front. Really dense. So pretty rare condition, too. A little fire down here coming out from the right rear fender of Kaz car. We got
8: a fire in the right rear, guys. Fire in the right rear. Be ready to put that out first. Big fire in the right rear.
5: Cycle it here, do not cycle it, do not cycle it. Three, two, one, right here, right here. Frank pedal into the floor. Fire, a fire, fire. It's a
9: big fire. You probably just need to, you might need to just get out. If you aim a leaf blower at me, I'll be able to breathe.
2: Positions six, seven, and eight are Chevrolets and Ross Chastain, Austin Dillon, and Chase Elliott.
4: Y'all still awake?
8: Yeah, watching you.
4: Sure. Here's Kozlowski trying to make the move on Logano. Logano throws the block. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Kozlowski's in line. Now he turns him. Boot team Penske cars crash. Kozlowski is up in a ball of flame.
8: Let us know you're okay with soon as you can, please.
4: Okay, I think. Still getting there All right, nothing else coming. Direct me for the win.
2: Caution is on the Speedway. We'll wait and see who was the race leader when the caution flag came
5: out. The winner of the 63rd running of the Daytona 500 is indeed Michael McDowell. They can go ahead and celebrate now. Awesome job,
2: Michael.
9: Ah! Thank you.
4: Coming up, we talk to the Daytona 500 winner, Michael McDowell. And later, we look at Chip Ganassi's history in NASCAR over the past 20
1: years. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
4: Welcome back to the best of NASCAR Live. Michael McDowell earned his first-ever NASCAR Cup Series win by taking home the 63rd running of the Daytona 500. Michael sat down with MRN's Dylan Welch back on February 16th to reflect on his career-defining moment.
8: Joined now by the winner... Of the 2021 Daytona 500, that is Michael McDowell. So, Michael, uh, have you slept at all? I guess that's probably the first question. I know you've been busy this morning, but uh, did you get any sleep last night?
9: No, I didn't. Um, you know, by the time that we got done with media and tech and and loading the car in the hauler to to go over to the uh, uh, to the tickets office to the museum, you know, it was it was. 5:30 in the morning. So, it wasn't worth getting just an hour of sleep before the the media tour started. So, I I just kind of decided to uh answer some texts and have some phone calls and uh yeah, so tonight I'll get hopefully a little chance to sleep.
8: Well, I I want to I want to there's a lot to talk about obviously, but I want to start with something that our own Steve Post asked you in Victory Lane about you know, you, you dream, every driver dreams about winning a race like the Daytona 500 and, and you've been very close, you know, the last several years, you're always up front at these super speedway races, always in the hunt, but to finally break through, to finally have everything fall your way and win your first race on the biggest stage, uh, I mean, was it, was it as exciting and, and worth it as you dreamed it would be?
9: Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's hard to, hard to put it into words, you know, you, just the emotion that you have in that very moment um, of just excitement and just, I mean, you're just overwhelmed. And then for me, you know, the few hours after that was just, man, it was just humbling and it was, you know, it was just emotional. Think about how many people and and how many people, you know, sacrificed a lot for me to get to this point and, you know, all the opportunities that I've had and, and just, you know, you just become very thankful and it's a very humbling experience.
8: Well, and, and, you know, I think back to, you know, your crash at Texas and, and you know, you had to grind a lot to just get a, get into a position, you know, after that where you were in a solid, stable ride. And, and now to have this all come together, um, you know, like it has, I mean, I, I just I can't imagine what that feels like to to have gone through what you've gone through just to, you know, to stay in the sport. And, and now to win the biggest race of all, I I have to imagine that is an extremely rewarding feeling. Yeah,
9: absolutely. I think the, the journey is what makes it, you know, even sweeter. It's just, like you said, you know, there's many years where, you know, you're just kind of out trying to stay in the sport and, and do whatever you can. And, you know, whether that's start parking or really run a partial series or, you know, whatever you had to do to just stay in something, um, you know, it's all worthwhile when you get an opportunity like this.
8: So let's go back to the last few laps, and and you know you can, even specifically the last lap, you know going down the back stretch, you're in a position to you know to make a move to you know try to pull out of line or or do something to to kind of control your own fate a little bit. Take us behind the wheel and, and into your helmet. What was going through your head? What was the thought process as you as you came off a of turn two and and kind of started to get set up to to make some sort of move?
9: You know my thought process. You know I felt like in the years past, I've pulled out a line too soon or tried to make my move too soon, and so I was just committed to staying with that two car until until it was time and um, you know it it all just worked out just perfectly.
8: we heard your your car owner Bob Jenkins this morning on uh, the morning drive on Sirius XM and he was talking about how you and him had a had a conversation, I think, walking to the grid, just about how he had a good feeling about yesterday, and and you know about your guys's potential to to have a really good result. Uh, did you have those same feelings, that same feeling of optimism uh, yesterday before we strapped in? You know,
9: I'm always optimistic, and our car was really strong uh, in the duels, and and we felt like it was really strong, um, and so I did feel like we could put ourselves in position. But Bob, Bob just knew we were going to victory lane and i don't i don't really let myself get there because there's there's so much work that has to be done and i don't want my mind to wander i just want to be focused and do everything i can um but you know bob just had that that feeling that today was the day or yesterday was the day and and obviously he was right so it's uh it looks
8: pretty wild how will this how will last night winning the daytona 500 how will that change your life moving forward you know man it's not going to change my life it's it's it's
9: definitely going to change you know some of the the peripheral things and you know there's such great honor that comes with it but you know driving a race car is is what you do it's it's not who you are it doesn't define you so you know my kids and my family and and just you know your friends they're not going to look at you any different and um and so you know it doesn't change your 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 life or who you are but it definitely i mean it's a big deal and it's a it's a huge accomplishment and it it means a lot for our race team it guarantees us in the playoffs which you know helps us financially and helps our partners and there's so much that that it does by winning a race that for sure it's going to change things but you know it doesn't change who you are
8: absolutely well well done and enjoy the accomplishment hope you're you're able to soak it all in and and congratulations again
9: Hey, thank you so
4: much. Coming up, we pay tribute to Chip Ganassi Racing's impact on NASCAR.
1: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
4: Welcome back to the best of NASCAR Live. It came as a bit of a shock when Trackhouse Racing announced that they were buying Chip Ganassi Racing's NASCAR operations. Chip Ganassi Racing's been involved in NASCAR for 20 years, And we wanted to go back and relive everything the organization has accomplished in the sport. Our Kurt Becker helped us honor them with this tribute that aired on July 20th.
1: But we're here to announce that uh, Trackhouse Entertainment Group and Trackhouse Racing has purchased the NASCAR operation of Chip Ganassi Racing. Trackhouse has acquired all of the NASCAR assets of of Ganassi Racing, including all equipment and its two charters.
10: When Trackhouse Racing announced it was acquiring the NASCAR division of Chip Ganassi Racing at the conclusion of the 2021 season, it signaled the end of an era in NASCAR. For 20 years, Chip Ganassi has been a staple in the sport, putting prominent names behind the steering wheel and furthering the careers of many drivers. Of course, Chip Ganassi's name was already well known in other forms of motorsport by the time he reached NASCAR in 2001. He had won an Indianapolis 500 in the year 2000 with Juan Pablo Montoya, as well as several championships in IndyCar. Ganassi bought an 80% ownership stake in 2001 of Felix Sabatis' race team, Team Sabco, to mark his entry into NASCAR. The team was renamed Chip Ganassi Racing with Felix Sabatis and switched from Chevrolet to Dodge. The organization found success that season with Sterling Marlin driving the number 40 Coors Light car earning Ganassi's first win in the
2: sport. If this race should be a red flag here and this racetrack is getting very wet and it's all over, or if we continue either way, they've had a good day. They yes, really right, have
3: certainly so. This will be the uh, career best finish for Ricky Craven and the career best finish for PPI Motorsports. We're now getting the word from NASCAR. The checkered flag is about to be displayed when the field works back around to the start-finish line. It'll come out on lap 162, and Sterling Marlin picks up his first win since 1996 Dodge picks up their first win since 1977. It came here today at the Michigan International Speedway. Last time a Dodge went and won at this particular track was '75. Richard Petty did it on that day, and today Sterling Marlin is going to roll the victory lane with a Dodge Intrepid for the first time
8: this year. It means a whole lot. I, you know, I don't know. I felt in my heart I could still drive a race cars as good as anybody, and just needed uh, you know need stuff to do it, and uh, you know, Dodge come along and Coors Light come back with us and. And, uh, you know, Chip and Felix really put their heads together and hired some great people, and uh, it's all worked out. And, uh, you know, I felt like with Chip buying in and and Dodge come in and give us resources and stuff we needed, that uh, we could get back on top again. And uh, it's been that way since, uh, you know, Daytona 500. We've run good every week. We've had a couple of miscues and, and shot ourselves a foot a couple times. But uh, other than that, uh, we've had a, a top five, top ten car about every week. In 2002, CGR
10: welcomed Jamie McMurray to the team, scoring a win at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Other drivers would also see seat time, including Casey Mears, Scott Pruitt, Jimmy Spencer, Reed Sorensen, and David Strimming. Juan Pablo Montoya made the jump to NASCAR full-time in 2007, joining Chip Ganassi as the driver of the number 42 Texaco Haviland car.
11: Man, this is a big deal, and I'll tell you, the Texaco Haviland Dutch and everybody at Chip Ganassi, you know, the body shop, the engine shop, and everybody's been working on this program. They've done an amazing job for us. Looking forward to this. You know, this is a cool show to be in part. No doubt about
5: it. Restrictor plate Daytona racing is like nothing in the world. What kind of things did you have you learned this week as you get out there in these big packs of cars?
11: Keep the car in one piece. It's all you can do. You know, it's, you know, you got to be careful, pick your friends and, and st- you know, stick to them. I think if you do that, you'll be fine.
10: It did not take him long to find Victory Lane winning at Sonoma. In 2009, Ganassi partnered with Dale Earnhardt, Incorporated owner, Teresa Earnhardt, to merge the two teams. The new team, Earnhardt Ganassi Racing with Felix Sabatis, ran Chevrolet equipment and got a memorable win at the World Center of Racing with Jamie McMurray in 2010.
4: Side by side for the lead and the win of the Daytona 500. Jamie McMurray in the outside line. He'll reach out front and grab the lead. Now they're, they're banging off one another. Dale Earnhardt Jr
5: to second and looking for more in three. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has cleared all the traffic. He's got his sights set on just one car. They're crashing further back in the field. McMurray off turn four for the final time. Jamie McMurray sees Dale Earnhardt Jr. behind
3: coming down to the line to the side of the Daytona 500. McMurray will get it. His first time out with Earnhardt Ganassi racing, he will win the 52nd running of the Daytona
7: 500 like the biggest weasel because I'm sitting here crying, but this is, uh, this is every kid's dream to, to be able to win the Daytona 500, so it's very special, and, and uh got a great team here, and certainly uh, Johnny Morris from Bass Pro Shops, and Chip and Felix, they all took a chance on me, <clears throat> you know, as I had a job last year, and I think for those guys to give me this opportunity, it just, uh, it means a lot, and, and what a better way to pay them back. Right, let's get over here, get a comment from the owner, Chip Ganassi,
8: what does it feel like Daytona 500 win? Give one up at Indy. Matt
12: will win here at Daytona. I'll tell you, Winston, I want to thank all the fans for hanging in there all night with us. I want to thank Jamie. I want to thank Johnny Morris and Bass Pro Shops, my partner Felix, my partner Teresa, all the, all the guys on all the Target team, the Bass Pro Shop team, everybody. I'll tell you, it's it's a fabulous night.
10: 2010 continued to be a big year for Ganassi as Dario Franchitti won the Indianapolis 500 that May, making Ganassi the first owner to win both the Daytona 500 and the Indy 500 in the same year. Jamie McMurray would add the Brickyard 400 that same season, making Ganassi the first owner to win the Triple Crown of American Auto Racing. Later that season, McMurray won at Charlotte, just hours before Frantiti's win in the IndyCar finale at Homestead to clinch the team's eighth IndyCar Series title. All told, it was two titles, victories at Daytona and Indianapolis, and a total of 19 wins across IndyCar, NASCAR, and sports car competition in 2010, making it
4: Chip Ganassi's most successful season. Coming up, more on the history of Chip Ganassi racing in NASCAR, and later, Christopher Bell stops by. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back
1: to Mike Bagley.
4: Welcome back to the best of NASCAR Live. Let's jump right back into the history of Chip Ganassi Racing and what CGR has built in NASCAR. This comes your way from July 20th. In 2014, Ganassi dropped the Earnhardt name and went forward
10: as Chip Ganassi Racing. This would be the season that Kyle Larson would get the call and make his debut in the NASCAR Cup Series. And at Michigan in 2016, Larson scored his first win. Turn number four, and he sees the white flag. The Credit One Bank, one to go. Kyle Larson, two miles from his first career win, he's back in turn one.
3: Four more corners for the target Chevrolet. It's been a long time coming, but this one is going to be oh so sweet. Final time off turn number
2: two, Kyle Larson on his way. One half of a lap to get it done. One mile is all that remains for Kyle Larson. Back to turn three for the last time. Again,
5: perfectly in the middle of turns three and four. Kyle Larson back on the throttle looking for checkers. The wait is over for Kyle Larson. Here he comes off turn number four, and Kyle Larson is a NASCAR Sprint Cup Series winner. He gets the win at the Michigan International Speedway, the first of his career. Chase Elliott comes home second. Brad Keselowski comes home third. Followed by Ryan Blaney
8: and Kevin Harvick. What does it feel like now to know that you're in the Chase this year?
7: Feels good. I didn't think uh, I didn't think after our luck we've had the last couple weeks we'd be in. So um, feels good. Uh, we have a really good team, and we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be tough to beat in the Chase. Those are all pretty much all my good tracks aside from Bristol are in the Chase. So looking forward to. it. I lost count, but what does
8: it mean to all those competitors that came by to congratulate you?
7: It means a lot, it really does. Uh, You know, I've been closed a lot and, you know, I think they they see how hard we've worked as a team and, um, you know, for them to come up and congratulate us, it's pretty special. There
8: probably were eight or 10 different ones that came by, I'm gonna see if I can slip by here real quick and get a quick comment from Chip Ganassi after 99 starts for Kyle Larson, he's in victory lane. Chip, you've had a lot of big wins in your career in all kind of divisions, put this one
12: in perspective. Well, you know, Winston, it's been a lot of years. We've had a lot of success over time here at Michigan. Not, And, you know, this was the site of Sterling Marlin's uh, first win for Dodge. That was a big one for us. And it's uh, great to be back here. The fans are great up here in Michigan. Great great to be next to Detroit with all of our, 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 our partners over there with Chevrolet and our partners in other series with Ford and sports cars. we We're just happy to be here in Michigan. This is a big, big win for the team, I can tell you.
10: The win at Michigan marked the first under the banner of Chip Ganassi Racing since Juan Pablo Montoya had won at Sonoma some nine years earlier. And 2017 would be Larson's most successful at CGR, earning four victories. Veteran Kurt Busch joined Chip Ganassi Racing in 2019, earning a win at Kentucky. He has provided Ganassi with a win every year he's been with the team, most recently taking the Checkers at Atlanta as part of the current campaign. Ganassi added another veteran in Jimmy Johnson to his roster of drivers in 2021 as the seven-time cup champion is running under the CGR banner in IndyCar, focusing on street course and road course events. In June, Trackhouse Entertainment Group, through its Trackhouse Racing division, announced it had bought Chip Ganassi Racing and would be obtaining all CGR assets, including the team's two Cup Series charters at the end of the 2021 season. It was a move hardly anyone expected, and even Ganassi himself emphasized that the team had not been for sale until Justin Marks picked up the phone
12: and gave him a call. Justin simply came to me with a great offer. And even a better vision for for racing. You know, there's a lot of new blood in NASCAR, as you've heard or read of recent. People like Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, the Spire people, Colleague Racing. A lot of a lot of new blood, and they all seem to be bringing a new perspective, and more importantly, a new vision. And the the sport, I think, needs people with vision and. Uh, Today, NASCAR continues to build on its successes and by most accounts continues to grow. There's much to be excited about, I think, if you're involved in NASCAR. Justin Marks
10: of Trackhouse Racing said it's a full-circled moment as he drove at one time for Ganassi in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, including a win at Mid-Ohio. He knows the legacy he has to live up to.
2: Pressure can also be thought of as opportunity. And I think that's kind of, that's kind of how, how I view it, personally. I mean, there's, there is a legacy there. And, and, but that's a tremendous opportunity for Trackhouse. I mean, that's a tremendous opportunity for the future. And so I, I, welcome, I welcome that pressure. I welcome those expectations. We're in the business of, of putting great people together to, and letting them do their jobs to achieve great things. That's not going to change. So I think at any point in, you know, when you get to this level of this business, um, there's there's going to be a lot of pr- pressure involved in anything that, that you do but you have to be willing to look yourself in the mirror and and charge full head into that and we at Trackhouse are
10: Even though Chip Ganassi Racing will no longer exist in NASCAR, Ganassi still has plenty of racing ventures to keep him busy, as Chip stated himself.
12: I'm not leaving motor racing, you know, I'm just I, I, you know, instead of being at, instead of being in a NASCAR race, I'll be at a sports car race or an Indy car race or an extreme e race or something. I'm still in racing.
4: Coming up, we'll look back on Christopher Bell's first NASCAR Cup Series victory.
1: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
4: Welcome back to the best of NASCAR Live. Christopher Bell scored his first career win in the NASCAR Cup Series earlier this season on the Daytona Road Course. MRN's Kurt Becker caught up with Chris during the February 23rd edition of NASCAR Live. Well, we're
10: joined at this time by Christopher Bell, driver of the number 20 Ream Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing in the NASCAR Cup Series. Christopher, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, first of all, congratulations on your your first career Cup victory.
11: Yeah, that was a, a pretty special one, man. I, and honestly, coming in at a day, Daytona is kind of full circle. I started my Daytona career in the cup, Truck Series, uh, I guess it would have been in 2016, and I ended up upside down, so... I'm happy that I could finally get a victory, even though it was on the road course, not the oval. Well, when you woke
10: last Sunday morning, did you ever imagine that by 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, you would be standing in victory lane at Daytona?
11: You know, I knew that we would be competitive going into the race. Uh, It was one of my better races last year as far as car speed. I didn't get a good finish out of it, but I knew that uh, I was really fast there. So I expected to be competitive. And uh, did I expect to win? Uh, Probably not, but I expected to be in the hunt and, and, you know, the cards fell my way. There's so much happening
10: on a road course on that final lap as you are turning left and right and you're shifting and you're braking and you're keeping an eye on the cars behind you. At what point was your mind able to focus on the fact, hey, I'm about to get my first cup win?
11: Yeah, fortunately, the last lap was probably one of the easier laps that I did. Um, I was at a tire advantage over the 22 car, and I just passed him. So I knew that it was pretty much smooth sailing, and, and all I had to do was hit my marks and make sure I didn't go off course.
10: It's often said that a win at Daytona is life-changing for a NASCAR driver. Is that overstating the case, or, or has your life changed at all in the, the two or three days now since that victory?
11: Yeah, I mean, I would say that probably more applies for the Daytona five hundred. Um, and and I hope that one day I get my my shot at the Daytona five hundred as well. Uh last two years, my my only two Daytona five hundreds, I feel like I've had a really strong car, just unfortunately got taken out early. But uh yeah, so I I'm very thrilled to be able to win at the Daytona Road course, but um definitely wanna wanna have my shot at the five hundred as well.
10: This is such a high pressure business. It is a game of of what have you done for me lately? What is the bigger sense of relief for you in your just beginning, your second full season of competition? Is it the fact that you've proved you can win at this level, or is it the fact you are now locked into the playoffs? Uh,
11: I would say for me, it's the, it's the fact that I've, I've won now in the cup series and, and I hope that I'm able to rattle off a couple more here. And yeah, so it's, it's tough, you know, you're, you're in this sport for you for reason you're kind of labeled as only as good as your last race. So uh, right now I'm I'm great, but last year whenever I wasn't running so well, you know, I feel like a lot of people had written me off. So um it's it's nice to be relevant again and I hope I'm able to keep it up for the weeks to come. One more question before we let you go. What's it
10: like after scoring that first cup win? I mean, that was a tough physical race at Daytona last Sunday. So were you tired and worn out, and was it straight to bed, or was the adrenaline flowing, and were you up all night celebrating?
11: Oh, yeah, definitely I had adrenaline, man, and I I definitely didn't sleep very well Sunday night. That is perfectly understandable.
10: Time for you to get back to work. Christopher, all the best at Homestead. Thank you so much.
4: And that'll put a wrap on this Best of NASCAR Live. Our thanks to all the drivers and crew chiefs that made time for us over the course of the season, all those folks inside those race teams. And most importantly, we thank you for making time for us in your listening habits. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Again, thank you so much for being with us. We'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so
1: long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henryon and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.